And we are back. Kyler Burrell's unedited podcast, episode one. The name has obviously been changed. Um, it's not just the today is going to be all sports talk, just because I haven't talked sports in so long. But we will be adding in different discussions from current events around the world. I'll bring on different guests, and we'll discuss other stuff besides just sports. I want to venture out and do just other stuff besides just sports. Today will be just sports because uh, big fights in the UFC for the next coming weeks. Um, the playoffs are getting close. Will will college football, will the NCAA, will NFL be back? We don't know. I'm going to give my updated NFL standing, standings and playoff predictions, early predictions. Uh, we'll talk a little soccer as well. Soccer is back, of course. Uh, then we'll def- then at the end we'll get into combat sports. A lot to discuss. I got got a few headlines. Then we're going to go. What is next for uh, fighters that have fought since UFC two fifty? We're going to go. So we got guys like Sean O'Malley, Cody Garbrandt, Corey Sandhagen, Dom Cruz, um, Aljamain Nunez. Cynthia Calvillo, Volkov Blades, Mike Perry, Dan Hooker, Dustin Poirier. We'll go guys off recent losses as well. Uh, guys like Barboza, Ferguson, Woodley, and Covington. What's next for them? What's next for, in quotes, retired fighters? Because I don't think Jones, Cejudo, and Connor stay retired for long. Then we're going to get into UFC Fight Island predictions. We're going to do all. We're going to do all of them. We're going to UFC 251, doing the entire main card. Then we're doing UFC Fight Night, Cater versus Ige, the two main fights there. Then we're doing UFC Fight Night, uh, Figueiredo versus Benavidez 2, the two main fights there. Then it's UFC Fight Night, Whitaker versus Till. The main, all four fights in the main card we'll predict because they're all four great fights. Um, we're going to get started, though, with the NBA today because we're getting close. Um, three weeks out, almost three weeks out from... Uh, the NBA returning, obviously an eight-game regular season. Um, so we'll start off with this question I was asked. Who has more to prove, LeBron or Kawhi? Um, it's a tough question because I think they both got a lot to prove. Uh, Kawhi won a championship last year with the team. That is also is now a two-seed right now. Um. So he's trying to become a guy. Can he win another title? I mean, him and LeBron are competing for the same thing. Can you win? Uh, can you win three championships and three Finals MVPs with three different teams? No one's ever done. No one's been. The, no one's done. No one's won three Finals MVPs and three NBA titles with three different teams. Both guys competing for the same thing. In my opinion, I would say LeBron has more to prove, though, because it. First off, not I guess I wouldn't necessarily have more to prove, but I think he just he, he needs it more because and I'm not saying the Lakers are going to drop out. I think LeBron's still going to be the best player in the world for the next two to three years. It's, and this year, this year, this in my opinion, this finals favors the Lakers because they have a, they have a lot of vets that have played in big time championship games. They have more championship experience than the Clippers by far, in my opinion. They need, you know, the Clippers have, you know, Paul George and Kawhi, nearing not thirty. Um, you got guys like Shamit, Montrez Harrell, Zubac, Lou Williams, guys like that, and even Beverly or Mark uh, Marcus Morris. They haven't gone far in the playoffs. Besides Kawhi, none of these guys have really gone far. LeBron has gone. LeBron has played multiple, multiple extra seasons 
nearly by making to eight straight NBA Finals. I think you just got the Lakers that favors them getting this rest. LeBron not having to play a full regular season because they played 63 games. They're going to play eight. So they're going to play 71 games this year. That means he's not going to have to play 11 extra games, which in my opinion is huge for a team like the Lakers who have vets that are their championship now guys. You know, Danny Green, Rondo, Dwight, JaVale, LeBron. You know, these guys could these guys needed the rest, and I think it's going to benefit them. And I think what's going to happen is the Lakers are going to try to get off hot early because they're they're five they're five and a half up. The Clippers would have to go undefeated, and the Lakers would have to go two and six for them to lose that one seed. Lakers, I think the Lakers start off four five and zero. Oh, you're going to see LeBron and AD playing like 20, 24 minutes a night those last three or four games. Just say, hey, well, we don't need to play you. We don't need to even take a risk of injury. We have the one seed locked up. But I think LeBron, where he's at at 35, I still think the Lakers, because I think the Lakers are going to, they're going to, first off, no matter what people say, they can attempt to add another star. They have assets to do so. No matter what people say, guys like, I think guy like Bradley Beal, you have, it wouldn't gut your bench, but you'd be relying on minimum wage, you know, the lowest, the minimum vets coming in to get a guy like Bradley Beal. Because you'd have to trade Kuzma and Crusoe for sure and probably Danny Green and then the two extra picks you have left to get Brad Beal. Um, I think the Lakers' window is long. AD's 26. I think the Lakers' window is still huge for the next five years. I think they can easily get to the NBA Finals. Not easily because you're in the West, but they could get to the Finals all five years possibly. And LeBron's done it before. Um, And I think this is his best partner yet. His best quote-unquote sidekick, which I don't think Anthony Davis is a sidekick. I think Anthony Davis is a guy. He's the key. Because... When you look at the teams, I don't think there's a good matchup. I don't think anyone in the West has a good matchup for AD. Maybe the maybe the Jazz just because they have Gobert, but I think AD is too skilled for Gobert. Same as the Thunder, they have Adams, but I think AD is too quick and too skilled for Adams. Clippers don't have a big guy that can guard him. The Nuggets have Jokic, but he's way too slow. Like I said, Jazz Thunder Rockets don't have a big. I don't know who the Mavs are going to run at center. I mean, they have Chris Hoss. I don't think he can guard AD. Grizzlies don't really have a guy. None of the other teams that could make it possibly the eight seeds could have really a guy. I think the Lakers, the LeBron has more to prove because of his age only. Kawhi still has a lot to prove, though. You know, when you abandon a team after winning a championship, I mean, you're saying, you're definitely saying that I am the guy. I'm the guy. I'm going to take the Clippers. We're going to take the Clippers. We're going to be the team of L.A., and we're going to go win a title. So now the current standings in the East. You have the Bucks, who are up six and a half on the Raptors. And you've got the Raptors, who are up three on the Celtics. 
You got the Celtics who are up three and a half on the Heat. I don't see one through three changing in the East. I think it stays pretty much the same. I don't think the Celtics catch the Raptors. Definitely not catching the Bucks. I don't think the Heat at three and a half down are probably going to catch the Celtics. Then you have the Heat and Pacers who are even. Oh no, the Heat are up two on the Pacers, and the Pacers are even with the Sixers. In my opinion, three through four through six could change. I could see the I could see the uh, Sixers over overtaking the Pacers, especially now they're not playing with Oladipo. I actually would be shocked if the Sixers don't jump the Pacers, which the Celtics would love, because then they get to play the Pacers in round one. The Heat obviously want the Pacers. We'll see. Um. I think the Sixers will jump into the five. I don't think they catch Miami, maybe, but I think the Sixers will be the four five. And then the Pacers will drop to the six. The Nets are only a half game up on the Magic. I see the Magic jumping the Nets. And right now the Magic are up five and a half on the Wizards, which I think it is you gotta be within three games, in my I think it is. Three games, and then you gotta beat the eight seed twice. So you can get a Nets-Wizards. Nets lost half their team. Wizards don't have Bertans, Beal, or Wall. I think the Nets adding Crawford and Beasley. Um, possibly bringing in Alonjo Trier. I think the Nets will get the eight. So I think it's going to be Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Sixers, Pacers, Magic, Nets. Obviously, the Bucks will sweep the Nets. I think the Raptors will beat the Magic in four or five. I think the six Celtics will beat the Pacers in four or five. And then, God, Heat, Heat, Sixers is a great series. I see that going six or seven. If the Sixers are ready to go, I like the Sixers over the Heat. I think the the Sixers are tied, or probably have the more talented roster, most talented roster in the East. That means round two you get Bucks Sixers. I'm not huge on the Bucks still. I don't like them having just Middleton as their second guy. I'll go Bucks in seven over the Sixers. I really want to pick the Sixers. But I'm going to go Bucks in seven to be safe. Then you got Celtics Raptors. I like the Celtics in, in six or seven. And then I like the Celtics in six or seven over the Bucks. I like the Celtics come out of the East in the NBA to the to come out of the East to get to the NBA Finals. Now you go to the West where it gets it gets really tricky. Lakers, one locked up. The Clippers only have a one-and-a-half game lead to the Nuggets. I like them to keep that lead. I think they keep it. Nuggets are only one up over the Jazz. I like the Nuggets to stay as the three. I like the Jazz to stay as the four. Four or five, really doesn't matter. Then I like the Rockets to jump. I'm going to say the Rockets are going to. God, I don't know though because the shooting they haven't been playing. They haven't been playing for a while, so they, and they're a shooting team. Hmm. You know what? 
I'm going to say the Thunder stays the four to the five with the Jazz. The Rockets, Mavs. Mavs are only a one and a half game back. It troubles me because the Rockets shoot so many threes, and you haven't been you haven't been practicing, you haven't been shooting that much. I like the Mavs to jump to the six, and the Rockets to go down to seven. In my opinion, is what's going to happen. Then you got the eight, so you got to be within three games. Grizzlies are up three and a half over the Blazers, the Pelicans, and the Kings. Then the Kings are up a half game over the Spurs, and the Spurs are up two games over the Suns. I think the Grizzlies with the three and a half game lead will stay up as the eight. The NBA gifted the Pelicans the easiest schedule. They don't play anybody really very good. They play all the bottom teams. And the Pel and the Blazers play the top seven in the West, I believe. I like the Pelicans to play the Grizzlies in a best of th- in, a, in the best. What is it? It's kind. It's no. It's not a best of three. The Grizzlies only have to win one of the two. And the Pelicans have to beat them twice. I think the Pelicans roster is slightly better. I think the Pelicans will end up getting the eight. They'll jump the Grizzlies. And so you got Lakers, Pelicans. I like Lakers in four or five. Pelicans is too young. So then you're going to go Clippers, Rockets. I like the Clippers in five or six. I think the Rockets could steal a game or two because by then they should find their touch. So I like them in five or six. Nuggets, Mavs. I like them in Nuggets in five. Jazz, Thunder. Tough one. I'm going to go Jazz in seven. I think that's a great series. Jazz in seven. So you got Clippers, Nuggets. Again, the Nuggets have nobody to guard Jokic. Or the Clippers have nobody to guard Jokic. I like the Clippers in six or seven. Lakers, Jazz. I like the Lakers in five. So then you got Lakers, Clippers. I like the Lakers in six. Again, they say they have all these bodies, but it's been proven LeBron has had great stats against the Clippers this year, especially in that last game. Um, I like the Lakers' championship experience better. Playoff Rondo's different. Danny Green, big-time playoff, big-time NBA Finals experiences. JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard played in NBA Finals. LeBron, obviously. You know, I just like the Lakers championship experience more, so I'm going to take the Lakers in six. And then you got Lakers, Celtics in, in the finals. I'll take the Lakers in six. Lakers cut down the nuts. Well, you don't cut down the nuts, but they hoist up the Larry O'Brien. All right, so that's it for the NBA talk. Let's get into some college sports. Uh, not really much. We're just going to go. Cade Cunningham is going to stay at OSU despite their postseason ban, which I was pretty surprised. I thought he was definitely going to bounce. I really didn't think he was going to bounce to another college. I thought he was going to join that select G League team with like Jalen Green and all them. That's what I thought he was really going to do. Kansas versus NCAA. Still ongoing. Bill Self probably going to sue the NCAA. We'll see what happens there. Still waiting more information on what's coming. Uh, Early college football conference champion and playoff predictions in the SEC East. I like Florida this year over Georgia. Dan Mullen's going to have himself a team. I really like Florida. In the West, I I think uh, LSU will take a step back. 
We'll see how Auburn is. A&M should be good, but you never know. They're always projected to be good. They play a tough, tough, tough schedule. Also in the non-conference, they don't they don't, they don't play easy. They don't play easy games in the non-conference. They're not one of those teams. I like Alabama to bounce back, and I like Alabama to win the SEC going undefeated this year. In the Big Twelve, I love Spencer Rattler. I think he's going to be the next stud. Uh, he's going to be technically a sophomore because he did play in some games last year, I think. I'm pretty sure. But he's, I think he's only going to play two more years at OU, and then he'll be in the draft, and I think he'll be a top quarterback, a top pick in the NFL draft. Arm talent special. Um, they said Kyler Murray had more arm talent than Baker. I agreed. And then they say Rattler has more arm talent than Murray. Yet to be proven, but I wouldn't be shocked. The kid's unreal. Oklahoma walks away at the Big 12. Um I do think Texas will be better. I don't know about Baylor. No, I just think Oklahoma walks away at the Big 12, undefeated probably. Big 10 East, Ohio State, they're going to go undefeated. Uh, and I think, in my opinion, Big 10 West is going to come down to Minnesota and Nebraska. Can't really decide. I think one of those teams goes through. I think Nebraska is going to shock a lot of people this year. Scott Frost is going to have his team ready to go. I think they're going to be a 10-1-11-1 team, same as Minnesota, 10-1 team, but... Neither of those teams will probably make the playoffs. I think they'll both have a couple losses when it comes to the Big Ten Championship. And I don't think either of those teams can beat Ohio State. I like Ohio State to also be in the playoff, probably undefeated. Uh, ACC Atlantic, Clemson, ACC Coastal, UNC. I think uh, Mac Brown's going to have UNC contending this year. I could see them being a one-loss team going into the going into the conference title, and if they could upset Clemson, possibly sneak into the playoff. That's how good they're going to be this year. I do like Clemson, though. Oh, still Trevor Lawrence. I like Clemson to come out of the ACC, and those are my four playoff teams again. It just, you know, keep it going. Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I think those are the four playoff teams. In the Pac-12, I think you're going to have Oregon coming out of the north and USC coming out of the south. Again, though, I think the Pac-12 is going to hurt them, hurt, hurt, hurt each other by both teams probably going into the conference title with two losses and you're not going to have a shot at getting into the playoff. Um, American Athletic East, I'll take UCF. Going to be a real bounce back year. I think they win 10 games this year. And then on the other side, I think you've got SMU or Memphis, 29 or 10 games. Uh, and I like uh, UCF to regain the uh, American Athletic title. So there's some early predictions. Now we're going to get in the NFL. Seahawks and Ravens seriously considering signing AB. It sounds like Seattle is more the serious team. AB's been in Seattle now for a couple weeks working out with Russell Wilson. It looks like that's very likely that uh, he could go to the could go to the Seahawks. It'd be interesting. His last cho- his his last this is it for him. He fu- he fucks up there. It's over. You go to Seattle and mess things up. You're done. Uh, Seattle and Clowney are now close to a deal as well, so they can bring JV on Clowney again. After they traded for him. Um, Mahomes signs a record deal. $503 million over 10 years. Uh, he has a 12-year... So now it's it's a total of 12 years, $530 million, He has $27 million left on his rookie deal. If he were to get like a career-ending injury, he would still get $140 million out of that. And then he has $470-some million guaranteed. Crazy money. I mean, Unbelievable. 
I think it was the right deal for the Chiefs. You might as well lock him down. He's the best quarterback in the NFL by far. Not even close. I won't even take another debate. Not, not Lamar, not Russell. I will not take another debate. Patty Mahomes is by far the best quarterback in the NFL. Great deal by the Chiefs. They're going to be the favorites to win the Super Bowl almost every year. Now we're going to get into my updated early, early, uh, kind of early, semi-early updated NFL standing and playoff predictions. In the AFC East, I changed my ways. I'm going Patriots winning the division at 10-6. and six. And then I'm going Bills finishing second at 10-6, and six, Jets 7-9, and nine, and Dolphins 3-13. and 13. In the AFC North, team that I think is going to challenge the Chiefs the most this year, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 11-5. and five. I got the Ravens dropping down to 10-6, and six, just a little fall off. I got the Browns also going 10-6, and six, and I got the Bengals going 3-13. and 13. In the South, I got the Colts winning the division at 11-5, and five, the Texans going 9-7, and seven, Titans 8-8, eight and, eight, and the Jaguars 4-12. In the West, I got the Chiefs going twelve and four, the Broncos going ten and six, the Chargers going eight and eight, and the Raiders going five and eleven. My playoff standings will be the Chiefs, or the division winners are the Chiefs who get the lone bye since it's seven teams now. Then you got the Steelers who won their division at two, Colts three, Patriots four. The three wild cards I got the Ravens out of the North, the Broncos out of the West, and I got the Browns going in out of the North as well. I got the North getting three teams in the playoffs. To the NFC East, with the Cowboys and Eagles, I believe host the second and third toughest, or sec, tied for, or second and third, I think, toughest schedule. I got the Cowboys going 10-6, the Eagles going 9-7, the Giants going 5-11, and the Redskins going 4-12. and In the North, I got the Vikings at 10-6, winning the division, Packers at 10-6, Bears at 7-9, Lions at 5-11. In the South, I got the Buccaneers going eleven and five, the Saints ten and six, the Falcons seven and nine, the Panthers four and twelve. In the West, I got the Niners going eleven and five, Seattle eleven and five, Cardinals nine and seven, Rams seven and nine. The playoffs, I got the Bucks and the I got the Bucks getting the overall one. The Niners the two, the Cowboys the three, the Vikings the four, and the three wild cards I got Seattle, New Orleans, and Green Bay. So that means the Steelers will play the Browns in the AFC side. I got the Steelers beating them. Colts, Broncos, tough one. I really like the Broncos. I would go with the Broncos to win that game. So you got the Broncos and Steelers advancing along with the Chiefs. And then you got Patriots, Ravens. I'll go Ravens. So that means you get Steelers, Ravens, Broncos, Chiefs. I'll go Chiefs beat the Broncos. Steelers beat the Ravens. And then I'll take the Chiefs to beat the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl. You got the Niners playing the Packers. I like the Niners. Cowboys playing the Saints. That's a tough one. I want to be a homer and go Dallas. It's so tough. I'm going to go Cowboys over Saints. Vikings over the Seahawks. I'm going to go Buccaneers over the Vikings, Niners over the Cowboys, Buccaneers to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, Chiefs winning. That is my early predictions for the NFL season. Now we're on to some soccer. So the Prem is locked up at the one. Liverpool has a chance to become the greatest Premier League team of all time. The record's 100 points. They need to win three out of the last four. To break the 100-point record set by Man City. 
Who finishes second through sixth? I think Man City basically has second locked up. I like Chelsea to jump up to third and Man U to fourth. So the Champions League finishers will be Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, and Man U. And then I like Leicester to finish fifth and Tottenham at sixth. Tottenham, I think they're just too, they might be too far down to catch Leicester in fifth. I like Tottenham better. They just got to figure it out and get rolling. They're so inconsistent. I think they have a great team, but I think they're just so inconsistent. To where their inconsistency is going to let Leicester finish fifth. Uh, Barca, Real. I think Real is four games clear. I like Real to finish. I think they're hot right now. They're really playing really good soccer. I like Real to take the La Liga. Juve uh, and Barca agree to a swap. Uh, Juventus gets Ar- Arthur, Arthur, and then Barca gets Pjanic, and then Juve sends $15 million. To Barca, great deal for Juve in my opinion. I like Arthur. I think, I think right now Pjanic is, is slightly a better player, but he's thirty and Arthur is only twenty four. I think. So I like that move for Juve because I think in maybe not next year, but in the coming years they're gonna have to start getting younger. I think Ronaldo plays one more season with them, and then I think he's gonna move on to either, you know. To where it's a tail end of his career. I think he'll either go to the MLS or he's going to go to like the Chinese Super League and make a shitload of money. And I think here's in the last thing we're going to talk about is Chelsea. I think they need to just, at the end of the season, need to let William, Pedro, and Giroud go. And roll with the future of the team. And Pulisic on the left wing. Mount, Mason Mount on the right wing. And now Timo Werner in the middle. That is what they need to roll with. I think they need to get the old guys out. Or they need to they need to come to an agreement with the old guys and say, hey, we're going to be rolling with these guys as the starters. I think that's the only way you can form a dominant trio is by letting these young guys play together. You know, when you sit them out and you play William, Pedro, Vermont, and Pulisic, I don't like that. I think you need to roll with the young guys. I think they're almost as good as those guys, if not better. I think you just got to let them play. So you just got to let them play, in my opinion. All right, so here we go. My my favorite talk is combat sports. Lot lot to talk about. Some headlines are uh, Pedro Munoz. He got COVID. He has to step out of the fight with Frankie Edgar. It looks to me like they're not going to get Edgar replacement. They brought in a new fight for that card. So I think they're just going to wait till Munoz recovered. I think they're going to rebook that at either UFC 252 or 253. Gilwell Romero, Uriah Hall in the works. I love that fight for Hall because I think it's a huge chance for him to jump into the top six. If he were to somehow, if he were to be able to beat Yoel Romero, I think he jumps into the top six, and I think he'd be only a fight or two away from fighting for the title. A guy that I thought was going to be a world champion in the sport. I think there's still a shot for him to get a shot at the belt. I think if he wins this fight against Yoel, I could see him fighting somebody like Jared Cannonier, or he could fight the winner of Kelvin Gaslam, Jack Hermanson. And then if he were to beat one of those guys, then you're looking at fighting a guy like Till, Whitaker, Cannonier next in your in a third fight. And if you're able to win three in a row there, let's say you're able to beat Romero, then you fight Gaslam, you beat Gaslam, and then you fight Whitaker and you beat Whitaker. 
or Cannoneer, they're fighting for the title. And I think he ha- he has the abilities to beat all these guys. It's just will he go in there and pull the trigger, pull the trigger, and be that guy that he can be. That's the big test. Can he be that guy? Only time will tell. Uh, Steep ADC three is headlining UFC two fifty two at the Apex. Uh, I'm honestly going to favor DC. I, DC's chances, I think, went up when you're fighting in the smaller octagon, more wrestling. There's going to be more wrestling exchanges. I like that for DC. I'm rooting for Stipe, but I favor DC right now. Khabib and Gaethje, I, play, I think they're going to fight in Abu Dhabi and probably fight at that fight island at USC 253. Go fight. We'll see what happens there. We're not going to give him predictions on those two cards yet. And then obviously everyone knows Jorge Masvidal stepped in for Gilbert Burns to face Kamar Usman at UFC 251 this Saturday. Big fights this Saturday. We'll get into the predictions here in a bit. So now, what is next? I'm going to get the easy one out of the way. Aljamain Sterling, he's fighting the winner of Peter Yan and Jose Aldo this weekend for the bandweight title. Easy. After Schmidt submitting uh, Sandhagen that quickly and how dominant he looked, I think he's by far the best bandweight in the world right now. I think he beats Yan or Aldo. Uncrowned champ. We'll start off with Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, again, I like the, what the UFC's doing. He's now ranked. A guy that won recently was Song Yadong, who's ranked, I think, 13 or 15. I think that's a good fight for him. He did beat Cheeto Vera, who I have as a second option for Sean O'Malley. O'Malley and Cheeto Vera have been going at it for a while. They want to fight. I think Yadong makes more sense rankings-wise to fight a ranked guy, but I could see him fighting Cheeto Vera because that's a fight both guys want. I have Song Yadong as the number one option. Cheeto Vera is the number two. Cody Garbrandt, number one option for me would be Marlon Moraes. He does not have a fight right now. I think that's a tremendous fight. I would love to see that fight. Number two option would be Peter Yan, Jose Aldo, loser. Whoever loses between those two guys, I think he could fight the loser of that. Not saying that's not a bad fight because Jan and Aldo, even with a loss, are still contenders in this division. Especially Jan. If Jan were to lose, he's not done. He's 27 years old. I think he can still get back to a title shot. And him and Garbrandt were going at it for a while. Corey Sandhagen, obviously coming off the loss. I had him possibly fighting the winner of Munoz Edgar winner. I now would move that to Jimmy Rivera, uh, Cody Stammen winner, who fight who have replaced Edgar and Munoz. I would move that as the number one option. Number two option could be Dom Cruz because they were scheduled to fight. Cruz coming off a loss to Cejudo. Corey Sandhagen coming off a loss. That fight could make sense. Dom Cruz. Marlon Rice calling him out. I have him as, that as the number one option for him as well as Garbrandt because he's calling Dom Cruz out. He wants Cruz for some reason. Cruz ranked 12th right now, which I think is a little ridiculous. But Cruz is still a contender in that division. Still one of the best bandweights in the world. And then also I have second, Corey Sandhagen, like I had for Sandhagen. Nunez, one. I thought it was going to be retirement. She said that I think it's rumored she wants to fight a couple more times. So number one would be Aspen Ladd, who has a fight coming up if she were to win. That could be a fight at Bantamweight. And then a featherweight fight would be Megan Anderson if she can get a win. Her next fight, Megan Anderson would be the option at featherweight. Cynthia Calvillo. I like her. Number one option would be uh, Caitlin uh, uh, Kukigan. Great fight. She's ranked one. Calvillo's up to two. Another fight could be Lauren Murphy, who's now ranked four. I think they're saying... Joanne Calderwood's going to get the title shot, so it's got to be, I think, for Calvillo, it's got to be Kukigan or Murphy, one of those two. Alexander Volkov, 
coming out the loss to Bit Blades. I like Walt Harris as an option. Um, that's a great fight. Both guys coming off losses, both need a win. I could see that happening. Or uh, Augusto Saki, who's coming off a win but needs a big fight. Volkov's still a big name. For Curtis Blades, Dana White already said you're not getting the title shot after you uh, leg humped a guy for five rounds. Uh, number one option, Jarzinho uh, Rosenstrike. I think that's a great fight. Rosenstrike coming off the loss to uh, Ngannou. They might not, if they want Rosenstrike to get back to the top, though, they might not throw him this fight. They could throw Rosenstrike to Volkov because Rosenstrike facing a wrestler. I mean, I don't know how good of a matchup that is. I don't know his takedown defense really. I don't think it's great. Number two option for Blades, uh, Derek Lewis, Alexi Olenek winner. Again, Blades is not getting a title shot. Nobody in the heavyweight division is getting a title shot for Ngannou besides Cormier. So he's got to wait a little bit. Mike Perry, obviously in the news, got arrested. Won't talk about that right now until more stuff comes out on it. Number one option for Mike Perry would be Nico Price coming off the loss to uh, Vicente Luca. I love that fight. That's a war. Somebody's going to get hurt bad. Or Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis just beat Cowboy Cerrone. Pettis has talked about wanting to go one more time at 155. We'll see, though. I think they threw him the option to fight Perry. He would take it. And then Dan Hooker obviously just had the five-round war with Dustin Poirier. What a fight that was. Um, Hooker, you could fight uh, Diego Ferreira, who's coming off some big wins. That's a great fight. Or Paul Felder rematch. Another option. For Poirier, only two fights. Unless a title shot, only two. But I don't think he's getting the next title shot. Only two fights make sense. One, Conor McGregor, the rematch. They fought five years ago. Six years ago, he's knocked out by Conor. Or Tony Ferguson. We'll see what Tony Ferguson wants to do uh, when he's going to be able to fight. Uh, guys off recent losses. Edson Barbosa. I like Shane Burgos. Uh, Burgos, who just lost to uh, my boy uh, Josh Emmett in a fu- in a three-round war. I love Barbosa versus Burgos at 145. Tony Ferguson. I like Charles Oliveira fight the most. I think Oliveira deserves a big fight. Either Oliveira. The thing is, Poirier is not accepting anybody that's not named Khabib, Gaethje, Connor, or Ferguson. So I think Ferguson and Oliveira make so much sense. I think it's a very tough fight. They're both kind of similar. I love that fight. Tyrone Woodley, I think Leon Edwards makes most sense. Edwards needs a fight. And in my opinion, he's not getting a title shot after this. That'll go to Gilbert Burns. Or it depends who wins. If Usman wins, he's fighting Gilbert Burns. If Masvidal wins, I think Masvidal's fighting Nate or Connor next. So it really depends on who wins this fight. Usman wins, it's Burns. Masvidal, I think it's a big fight. Connor and Nate. Colby Covington. Masvidal Usman winner or a great fight for Colby Covington will be Nate Diaz. I think that would be such a good fight. Nobody talks about that as a potential matchup for Nate. But I think that's a huge fight and a great fight. What's next for quote unquote retired fighters? John Jones, I think he'll I think the number one option is gonna be I think they're going to end up booking Reyes versus Jan Blakowicz for the interim light heavyweight title, and I think Jones fights the winner. Obviously, another option is Ngannou, but he's asking for way too much money. To the, I don't think the USC is going to give it to him. And who knows? Jones may not fight for two or three years, and he may just sit out and not fight and retire. He, I think he's the most legitimate shot to retire out of the three. Cejudo, I think Cejudo's coming back, and I think it would be... But it's gonna take some. It's gonna take some things happening. Volkanovski beating Holloway this Saturday, and Cody Garbrandt. If Garbrandt could re, uh, could regain the bantamweight title, I think that's a fight. Or Dillashaw in twenty twenty one regaining the title. That's another fight that could happen. 
For Connor, I think it's Nate Diaz. Is the comeback fight. My top three options are I'd list the number one option. This is a maybe. Masvidal beating Usman. Connor fights Masvidal for the 170-pound title. That in, that would entice Connor so much could, to capture the BMF title because Connor would make sure that's up for grabs in that fight. And then, obviously, their chance to be the first ever three-weight world champion. Then I would say the next option would be Nate Diaz. It's such a good fight to come back to. Or Dustin Poirier. I think Poirier is probably the most is the is the is the most fight is the fight that's the most it should happen. It should happen the most because I think if Connor's going to fight for the 150 pound 155 pound title, I think he should fight Poirier. Poirier's right there. I think Poirier is just as much deserving of the title shot as Connor. To be honest with you, I think Connor should fight Poirier. Is the is the is the correct fight? It's the correct fight for sure. And then obviously possibly waiting and see if the UFC gives you Khabib Gaethje Wonder. Now we're on to Fight Island predictions. This is, this is, I cannot wait. You're going to have fights on this weekend, July 11th. Then you're going to have fights Wednesday, July 15th. Then you're going to have fights Saturday the 18th and Saturday the 25th. Four fight cards in a span of two weeks. I mean, I can't get, can't get enough. So we'll start off with, we'll go in order. July 11th, UFC 251, Usman versus Masvidal. I'll do the whole main card. The first fight is Amanda Rebos versus Paige Van Zant. Van Zant needs to win here. Because she needs to win the most. Contract's up. She wins. She's going to get some big-time offers from other organizations. Will the UFC match? I think Van Zant wins via decision, split decision. Going to be a good fight. Jessica Andrade, Andrade and Rose Namajunas. I like Rose via unanimous decision. Here we go. Vacant, undisputed, bantamweight title, Peter Yan, Jose Aldo. This fight is tough. My mind says Peter Yan. My heart wants Jose Aldo. I'm going Jose Aldo via third round TKO. Please come out with leg kicks. Kick his leg. I don't understand why he went away. Ever since he got knocked out by Connor, he's just abandoned the leg kicks. It doesn't make sense to me. He's never had a leg injury that I know of. In my, in my mind, his kicks are the most ruthless kicks the sport has ever seen. Kick his leg. Aldo, third round TKO, my prediction. Let's go, Jose. Second fight. I think this fight's going to be even... It's gonna, I think it's going to be even closer. Volkanovski-Holloway. I had down unanimous. I think it's going to be even closer because I think Holloway knows he's got to start better. Holloway believes he won third through fifth. I think he lost the first through the third and won the last two, and you could argue he lost the fourth. I like Volkanovski and a tight one. Again, this one, my heart says Holloway, and my head says Volkanovski, and I'm going with my head on this one. I'm going Volkanovski. I want Holloway, though. Kamar Usman, George Masvidal. Here we go. I mean, the fight we all wanted. Was Burns Masvidal... Or was Burns and Usman going to be a fantastic fight? Yes. This is what we wanted, though. I'm going George Maldwell with your first-round knockout. I think he's so hot right now. I don't think Usman... I, and the thing is, I think Usman's going to kind of be stubborn. And I think he's going to try to stand with Masvidal. And that's going to be bad. It's going to be very bad. I'm going George Maldwell with your first-round knockout. You better buy that pay-per-view this weekend. That's going to be a big one. 
Then, UFC Fight Night, July 15th, Wednesday, July 15th, uh, Calvin Cater versus Dan Ige. Again, you're supposed to get Frankie Edgar and Pedro Munoz, so I thought it was going to be a barn burner. Now you get Jimmy Rivera, Cody Stammen as the co-main. I'm going Stammen via decision. I think he's looking really good right now. Obviously, his I think it was his brother that died the week of his last fight, and he was able to pull it out. I think he's fighting for so much right now. I like Cody Stammen via decision. Calvin Cater, Dan Ige. In my opinion, Calvin Cater is going to be fighting for the title at 145 at some point soon. I like Cater, Cater via second-round TKO. Then we go on to UFC Fight Night, Figueiredo Benavidez 2. That's on Saturday, July 18th. Figueiredo knocked out Benavidez the last time they fought, but he missed weight, so he wasn't able to get the flyweight title, so the flyweight title is still vacant. They do have a standby. For this fight, I believe, I can't remember who it is, but they do have a standby just in case Figueiredo does not make weight. In the co-main event, you got Gaslam versus Hermanson. That's a great fight. I like Gaslam, though, via second-round TKO. In my opinion, Gaslam's got to let it go. In the Till fight, I thought he let Till, I thought he let Till off the hook a little. Because I think Till, being his first fight at middleweight, it looked like he was a little nervous. Like you could tell he was just he was he wasn't trying to be the Darren Till that you saw the killer. I think he was just trying to get that win under his belt. I don't think Gaslam pushed the pace enough. I think he's gotta push the pace this fight. Get the knockout. And I think he will. I think Figueiredo is going to make weight this time, and I think he knocks out Benavidez in round one. I think he's got too much power, too much speed for Benavidez now, Benavidez age. Again, Hart says Benavidez. I'm going with my mind on this one, though, Figueiredo. I'm rooting for Joey B big time, but I think Figueiredo gets it done. Then, a great card, UFC Fight Night, Whitaker versus Till on July 25th. The first fight of the night is Fabricio Verdum, it's a heavyweight, Taking on the returning Alexander Gustafson. Fabricio Verdum has not looked good to me at all. It looks like he's zero cardio these days. I like Gustafson to be a third round TKO. I think Verdum's going to be so tired in that third round. I think Gustafson finishes him off. Um, Alex Oliveira versus uh, Peter Sabata. Going to be a great fight. It's going to be a war. I like Oliveira via decision. And then the trilogy, Little Nog. Little Nog's last fight. Against Shogun Hua, a legend. This is a legend. This is a, this is a legendary fight. It's an icon fight right here. Both legends of the sport. Settling it out. They've beaten each other once. I like Shogun via second round TKO. In the main event, Robert Whitaker, Darren Till. Till with the win is next in line for the belt after, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Paulo Costa. Costa's going to fight Stylebender. Till's next. I think if Whitaker won, Whitaker would have to fight Cannonier next. I don't think they're going to throw him back to the title shot yet. This is, my, this is my thing, though. I think Whitaker's taken so much damage over his last three fights. The two Real Romero fights. He got his ass whipped by Stylebender. Knocked out pretty bad. I like Till via first-round knockout. I think Till's going to put the pressure on him. He's going to use his range. He's going to use his distance. He's going to land that big left hand. And I think Whitaker's just taking too much punishment, man. It's, it sucks because I think that that can end a guy. I think you could saw it with, you know, 
Chuck Liddell, he got caught once by Rampage and then couldn't take a punch again. It happens to guys, and I think Whitaker, it's just he's taken so much damage over the last three fights. I think Till gets it done, and I think you're going to see Darren Till fight the winner of Costa Stylebender. I think the UFC really wants Stylebender Till. That's a huge fight. That's a massive fight. Um, so, yeah, now we're going see what happens, but I like Till in that one. Well, guys, thank you for listening. It's good to be back. Going to be getting it going two times a week. Again, this one was all sports, but it's not going to be all sports. Uh, I'm going to bring different people on, different friends. We'll talk about different stuff, not just sports. Today was just sports, though, because I'm really excited that NBA is coming back. UFC has a big weekend. Soccer's playing. Hopefully Tiger Tiger gets back on the course soon. But uh, thank you guys for listening. This was uh, Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast Episode 1. Thank you guys. See you.